I looked up and there was this uh, big bear standing and I reached out a bit ahead of me and trying to get the sniff of me. And I had no, uh, no rifle. Welcome to Polar Podcasts, where you'll hear stories from geologists who've spent their careers, their lives, exploring and studying the remarkable and remote geology of Greenland. Why did they become fascinated with Greenland? What were the problems and the discoveries that drove them? And what was it like working in these remote places, where few people venture, even now? I'm Julie Holtz. In this episode, we hear more from Björn Thomason, Emeritus Senior Scientist at the Geological Survey of Denmark and Greenland, about a close encounter with a polar bear while on fieldwork in East Greenland. We had one encounter at the outdoor shore, uh, South Skærgården in, in yeah, East Greenland. And uh, the two of us, we were camping, awful campsites, at the edge of a valley, which was falling to Amtrop Shore, so slope 200 meters down there. But a beautiful view, rocks all over, but we managed to get up the, the three tents, again, kitchen tent, two sleeping tents. And then what happened, it was quiet and a beautiful weather. And then I woke up in the morning, early, five o'clock, absolutely quiet. There were no running water there. And I heard this, somebody kicked the buckets. We have normal plastic buckets for, to fetch water. And then no more. And when you hear a noise, it can be two things. It could be a fox or it could be a polar bear. And you had to get out of the tent. That's what I decided. I was laying there in my sleeping bag. Because my fear is if the bear start to attack the tents, which has happened, what to do? Would you shoot through the, the tent uh, material? That's not a nice thought. So I had a rifle, and uh, so I carefully opened the tent, same again, looking up, standing up. Oh, <laughs> nothing. It must have been, I don't know, the wind or fox or whatever. So I went in again to, to sleep, and uh, it's a normal day. So we got up and uh, made our coffee and prepared for the day's tour, and that we went down along the coast and we walked together. Yeah, down the slope, 200 meter slope, down uh, along the fjord, and there's a sort of ice foot. There was open water, but there was still the ice foot, uh, which we could walk on. So that was easy walking, some snow and that. And um, I did my sampling. There's a lot of mineralization of uh, noble metals. Of course, that area, we have the, the large flammy field, porphyry system, but that is surrounded by, by high-grade uh, rain. Uh, mineralization. Uh, I mean high-grade, that means uh, silver and gold. So I had a full rucksack and then at some time I discussed with Dietler, I said, if you take all the rocks and head directly back to camp, I'll walk up and, and ship the west side of the valley and I'll come back to you later. That's okay. So he got all the rocks and he was young and strong and uh, didn't mind. So he went back. Then there are two stories. I'll tell my story first. I finished my business and went back and I thought because we had footprints in the snow and I said, well, that got very big, those footprints. It must be the sun, you know, the sun come down, it smelted away, so didn't think about that. And then I started up the, the slope, nothing came up to, to the valley and started into the valley and then I ground this caught by, by big blocks. I mean, 
meter or two across. So, uh, but when we have that that sort of ground, you're jumping from from big rock to big rock. That means your eyes are on your feet on the ground all the time. And if you want to look around you, you must stop up, and you should do that. But I was looking down. Then I heard some uh, noise beforehand, and there were gravel coming down. I looked up, and there was this uh, big bear standing on a ridge, a hundred meter ahead of me, and trying to get my the sniffer me because he was, you know, standing, moving the whole uh, head uh, in all direction to get my uh, yeah the smell of me and. There had been one problem. We were operating out of a base camp in Sudan. And when we started for two-man expedition, I always uh, ordered for uh, equipment department, a rifle for the camp and, and two uh, pistols, uh, one for each geologist. So what I got when we handed out our equipment at the base camp, I got one rifle and one pistol. And I said, but I ordered two. And he said, well, uh, you can only have one. So I said, well, I better give that to to my companion Ditlo, who's the youngest. So when I met that alone, that that uh, bear, I had no uh, no weapon. So that was <laughs> very unpleasant situation. And you at first you freeze and you get so scared. I always thought, now next time you meet a bear, remember to to take a photo. But I mean, it's a question of me taking photo there because you're absolutely scared. And I know, and was far from the camp. And uh, so I said, well, I have to, I can't stand here. And he was standing there trying to get the smell of me. And the next problem was that valley. There was only, there was a stream in the middle. Our camp was uh, at the east side. I was standing on the west side. And the only way to cross that stream was a, a snow bridge up in the valley. But unfortunately, in the same direction as the bear was standing, I mean, I had to walk at an angle, but getting nearer somehow and to reach the snow bridge. So what to do? So I started out, I was drenched. I didn't let my water go. Um, and I was moving uh, among those big rocks. So I lost uh, visual contact with, with the fellow standing up there. So all the time, I, I couldn't know if he was coming for me. But I said, I had to walk, and I, I walk faster, I'll tell you. It's always drenched with sweat. And eventually reached that snow bridge and crossed it. And... Okay, I looked back and couldn't see him. And then up the slope, up to the camp. So I said, well, you made it. Congratulations, Björn, you made it this time. Then my next uh, fear was, of course, that the bear would have gone ahead of me up to the, the camp and taken Ditlev. Uh, so he, I'll come up to a, a bloody camp. When I came up, I saw Ditlev, he was sitting. We had the... the habit to sit after a long field day to make a good food bath and hot water and sit out in the sun in a camp chair with the feet in the water. And he described how he saw me come up there totally disparate. Um, and I tried to see that bear. Uh, either it, it couldn't get the smell of me or it got the smell and didn't like what it smelled because he disappeared. So then we started to discuss what what happened? And then he told me, Ditlo told me, I, I told uh, of the accident with the pockets in the morning. He said, uh, yeah, I, t I had some, some very strong wind gusts in my tent this morning. And uh, I heard the pocket too, but then I heard your tent uh, zipper go. So I thought it was you out to have a pee. So he slipped down. 
and I said, did look, there were no wind gusts. It's been totally calm. Then we looked at this tent, the uh, tunnel tent, and we could see the end flap, you know, the sort of window with the mosquito net. It was sawn away, and there were bite marks about one of the uh, the bows who support the tent. So the bear has, has bitten in the tent, apparently, and shaking his head and shaking the whole tent. And that's what he thought was a wind ghost. And there was no doubt that we could see footprints too. Uh, and when we left, departed down at the fjord, he went straight back with the rocks and I went up. Uh, he was sitting, sitting, resting halfway up. And then he heard me coming. You know, when you, when you walk or move up a slope, there's stones uh, falling, gliding all. It can be quite noisy with the rolling stones. Uh, so you shouldn't go beneath each other when you move in that way. So he heard me. Well, he said, now Björn has uh, changed his mind. He would come after me, follow me back. And he was sitting there, and I was not coming. So that was funny. Hmm. So I found out afterwards that that bear has been watching us all day, starting in the morning with the camp with with kicking the bucket, uh, biting his tent and shaking it, and then laying down and looking, and been following us along the coast. Remember, when we come back, we see big footprints in the snow, and then the bear has been going up the slope uh, next to Ditlev. He's not seen it, but heard it's somebody coming up, and it's been standing up there waiting for me. And that that's a whole day. I saw it. Uh, I was on my way back, so normally you... Eight hours in the field, whatever. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> now, the end of the story is that down there, there's uh, the first geologist in there, there was Lois Wager, a quite famous British uh, geologist. And um, he had a locality, Nunatak, uh, called Trebjørnebjerg, that means Tree Tree Bears Mountain. And the reason is why he writes a report from that mountain, he saw a, a, a mother bear with two, uh, two youngsters. So, he saw three bears. I saw, I'll call this mountain three bears mountain. So now I've been in this small valley, which has no name. And I called it in my report. In my report, I called it two bears valley. Because there'd be two bears, the real bear and me. I'm Julie Hollis, and you've been listening to Polar Podcasts. In the next episode, we hear more from Honita Steenfeld about developing geochemical sampling into a Greenland-wide geochemical map, a culmination of over 30 years' work.